It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2219. Today, we're going to talk about what I feel like is one of the most shocking things that we don't often think about in terms of George Lucas and his investment in the making of The Empire Strikes Back, both creatively and financially. We'll get into that today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So this is part five of our look back at interviews that George Lucas conducted with Alan Arnold for the book Once Upon a Galaxy, which is the journal of the making of The Empire Strikes Back. And Lucas gets about as honest as you possibly could ever expect in these interviews. And that's one of the things that the book has been praised for and appreciated for for so long. But in this particular episode, we're going to talk about his creative and financial investments in Star Wars. And yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it there because it's it's amazing to think about it and I'm going to let the interview itself speak for it. So this again was recorded in December of 2014 in Orlando, Florida. I'm sharing it with you because I'm actually taking a break to be fully focused on family or at least as fully focused as you can be when social media is dinging on your phone and all that stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, you may still end up hearing from me on Twitter, <laughs> at least while I'm gone, but these are actually all pre-recorded and loaded for your listening pleasure, so I hope you are still enjoying yourself while I am enjoying myself. But now, without further ado, part five of our look back at George Lucas interviews from Once Upon a Galaxy. We're picking up where we left off yesterday, talking about some of the financial considerations that Lucas is looking at as he is making The Empire Strikes Back. And it kicks off with a conversation about Dagobah and the fact that we're going to be not only seeing Yoda there, but going back to Dagobah for Return of the Jedi. And Alan Arnold asks uh, Lucas if he's going to use the set uh, that they were building for Dagobah on Empire for the next movie too. And George Lucas says Dagobah does appear in the next film. So he was already giving that away even in early 1980, which is pretty cool. And says, what we'd hope to do was shoot the set now, having built it, to save having to build it up again. But time has gotten so tight on the production of Empire that we really can't do that now. We're just going to have to wait and rebuild the set for the next picture. And Arnold asks him if that worries him. And Lucas says, well, yes. I'm faced with a situation where everything I own, everything I ever earned, is wrapped up in this picture. If it isn't a success, not only could I lose everything, but I could also end up being millions of dollars in debt, which would be very difficult to get out from under. It would probably take me the rest of my life just to get back even again. That worries me. Everybody says, oh, don't worry, the film will be a huge success, and I'm sure it will be, but if it is just one of those mildly successful film sequels, I'd lose everything. It has to be the biggest grossing sequel of all time for me to break even. Holy cow. I mean, 
And then this is one of the places where I don't think we necessarily as fans give as much appreciation to Lucas as we should because we get to just sit back and enjoy <laughs> the movies as they are presented to us. But to think about the time and the effort and the risk that he was taking involved in all of this, risking not just his own you know livelihood but also the ability to create livelihoods for hundreds of people with Industrial Light and Magic and his own productions. I mean, that is some major, major incredible courage that has to be put into these productions. So kudos to him. And uh, the interview goes on and says, um, with Alan Arnold asking Lucas that he's always, I should say, the question is, you've always acted on that kind of faith, haven't you? And Lucas says, well, most of this filmmaking effort is so I can create a dream a dream that I've had for a long time, which is to build a research retreat for film. The amount of money needed to develop a facility like that is so enormous that the money I have doesn't amount to anything. You need millions and millions of dollars to build such an operation. The only way I can do it is to create a company that will generate profits. There's a world of difference between the money-making abilities of corporations and those of individuals. For an individual to make two or three million dollars is a big deal. He'd feel very wealthy and secure. But most corporations have to make 30 or $40 million a year in order to feel secure. No matter how much money I make individually, I don't think I'd ever have enough to compete on a corporate level. To take care of just the overhead of a company to pay all the employees every year costs several million dollars. I couldn't direct enough films fast enough to pay for all those people, so I had to develop a company. And Arnold says, although you've diversified, the Star Wars films are at the heart of it all. And Lucas says, yes, they are the core, which is why I have to concentrate on them. I don't want to spend the rest of my life making Star Wars pictures, but I do want to get them set up so that they'll operate properly without my having to get completely involved in all of them. They've got to be self-generating to support the facility. And Arnold intuits that it's vital, then, that Empire be successful. And Lucas says, it's important that this film have the quality of the first one so it doesn't look as though we are skimping, which is what a good many sequels have done. I want people to realize we put the highest quality in every picture so that the quality is not going to drop, and that's the challenge. So just thinking back on this, he makes a very passing reference to a research retreat for film, and that's Skywalker Ranch. And he'd started assembling the pieces of that about a year prior to this interview, buying the first parcels of land in Marin County in 1978. And it currently houses a 21,000-volume research library, as well as serving as the permanent home of Skywalker Sound, their audio post-production facility. So naturally, this makes me all the more curious about Skywalker Ranch. And of course, there are reports, if you read the Wikipedia thing, about how uh, different groups have protested the development of Skywalker Ranch, uh, citing you know, noise pollution and light pollution and all that kind of fun stuff. And... You know, what really was the bigger vision for this? Because to have 4,000 acres and only have an audio post-production facility and a research library on there? Hmm. Yeah, there's not a... Oh, you know, of course, a 300-seat movie theater, too. Not a heck of a lot. But for him to be talking in 1979 in this interview about his dreams for creating this incredible facility and building a company to support it and creating the Star Wars films as a self-supporting enterprise that he doesn't have to be deeply involved in so that way he can create and build and expand Skywalker Ranch. Well, this is kind of fascinating stuff that's happening in the background of all of this. So, and that's 
So there you go. That's part five of our six-part look at the interviews with George Lucas from Once Upon a Galaxy. Even, you know, listening to that again five and a half years later, it's still just stunning the level of commitment and the level of risk that Lucas took in making The Empire Strikes Back and in handing over the reins the way that he did too. Just, yeah, I think we go through our lives and I don't think we appreciate what it's like to take the kind of risks and you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, we're very lucky. <laughs> we really are. Because, man, did it pan out well. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.